Good morning, good morning. It is Resurrection Sunday. Welcome to Easter service. I hope you're enjoying the live stream that we've been doing for you today. Man, I sure enjoyed that prayer that Tanya gave at the top of the service. All the wonderful songs sang by Ryan. Thank you to the staff for all of your hard work and all of the announcements uh, for what's taking place during this time of quarantine. Quarantine! Anybody losing your mind in quarantine? You feel like you've been stuck in a tomb. That's all right. Jesus was stuck in a tomb and three days later, he rose again in resurrection power and that power can reside in you via the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the path to resurrection. But first, I want everybody to get excited because it is Easter. If anyone has a reason to get excited today and to glorify God, it is the children of God because we have a living Savior. He is alive and well and glorified and active in our lives. Nobody else can boast that. Think about it. Muhammad, dead. Krishna, dead. Buddha, dead. Mr. Moon, dead. Jesus, he ain't in the tomb. He's alive and well. The angel asked Mary and, and, and the women said, hey, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's alive. Go on out there and let him, let him live in you. So that's what we're going to do today. Someone needs to get excited. Think about it. Think about it. They, they took nails and laid in the hands of our Savior. Bam. Both hands, they put nails in. They put nails in his feet. They put a crown of thorn in his head. They put a spear in the side and blood and water flowed. Y'all know I'm going all Pentecostal up here in the Dave cave. I'm going to get my praise on. Y'all can deal with it, right? Oh, blood and water flowed and he died on the cross for our sins. They put him in a tomb and rolled a big stone in front of it. The demons rejoiced. The devil began to party. They threw the biggest shindig in hell you ever seen until Jesus showed up and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He took all of Satan's power. That's why Jesus is more than a conqueror, and he's an overcomer, and he makes you more than a conqueror. And he laid there in the grave for three days. David, how many days did he lay there? Three days he laid in the tomb. See, David, he's my amen corner today. He's eight feet away, long further than eight feet away, but he's still, he's helping me preach today. Three days God had him lay in the tomb and then he got back up. He got back up. Some of you need to take a cue from your savior because Satan has done whopped you during this time of quarantine. He's taken fear and he's knocked you out with it. He's done popped you. He smacked your wife. He's beat your kid. He's kicked your dog. He threw out the cat and he spit in the goldfish tank. And you've been laying around feeling sorry for yourself. You need to take a cue from your savior. It's time to get back up. It's time to resurrect. God wants you to hear this word. Your three days are up. Get up. Get up. You're a better man than that. You're a more powerful woman than that. Stand back up on your feet. If you're saying, Pastor Dave, I can't do it. I'm just too, I'm too weak. I'm too tired. Can I tell you the, the key to resurrection power is via the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. It's time for you to get a Holy Ghost wake up calling. Get back up. Wake your dreams up. 
Wake your vision up. Wake your passion up. Wake up your faith today. You're still the church. The church isn't closed down. You're the church. Get up and be empowered by the Holy Spirit and experience your own resurrection power today. Hallelujah, David. Can you give me an amen today? Amen. Can you give me a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Woo! Man, somebody get on, on your phone and text me right now. If you're feeling the Holy Ghost, I want you to text me and say, Woo! Get all Ric Flair in the Holy Ghost. All right. <laughs> all right, I'm cracking myself up in my own house. And I know I'm making some of you guys that grew up in the first church of the frigid air, y'all are getting all scared to death. And I realize that. So that's all right. Hey, look, there's enough negativity going on on the news and everything else uh, pertaining to this coronavirus that I just decided to get happy in the Lord. Look, it's Resurrection Sunday. And it's a little difficult because... This is the first Sunday, uh, uh, first Resurrection Sunday, first Easter Sunday in my life that since I was probably a, a baby that I have not been in the house of God. But that's all right because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means that we can still encounter and experience the resurrection power and the Holy Ghost power of God right in the middle of where we're at, whether you're in your own house, where, no matter where you're at, you can experience it. So speaking of if you're getting tired of me and getting a little freaked out at my, just me preaching and going crazy like this, don't worry. Over the next two weeks, we're going to hear from our assistant pastor, Bob Kimball. He's going to be bringing the word of God. We have missed hearing from Bob and man, have the Kimballs been on a journey and they're still on that journey. Sometimes when you go through the fire and you feel the heat from the fire, whoo, man, the Holy Ghost gives you some insight to the word of God. You start understanding some things in a different way. So I know that uh, Pastor Bob's going to give us a, a good word over the next two weeks. And Kimball family, if y'all are watching right now, I love each and every one of that. Man, I pray for you every day. We're still believing in full recovery for, for, for Carrie. And whatever God's purpose on this journey is, it's going to be fulfilled in your life. And you're going to be blessed because of it, because all things work for good for those that love him and for those who obey his word. So, but in the meantime, we are going to get into the word I hope you're ready for a word. It's a word about the resurrection. It's called the path to resurrection. I want to talk to you today about the path to resurrection. Tanya read to us from the book of Luke, uh, the wonderful resurrection account uh, at the top of the service. And man, praise God for that resurrection. Like I said, Jesus didn't just die to our sins, die for our sins so that we can die out to our sins. The story doesn't end there. He came back to life so that we too can come back to life as something new, something more powerful, something more splendid, something more purposeful. And, and it doesn't just happen on the day that we get saved. You will encounter seasons of resurrection throughout your life. And I believe that God has primed his church and this world for a season of an awakening, for a season of resurrection. Uh, everything, think about it. If, if we can take one good thing away about this whole COVID-19 business, it's this. Everything that was a false idol in this society has had to bow its knee. Our social construct, our, our, our jobs, uh, uh, finances, things, our sports, uh, all these things that we thought were just so lofty. Our shopping malls, our shopping areas, all these things that we thought we couldn't live without. Well, guess what? You're still alive and you're living without them. But there's one thing that has remained, and that's faith, and that's the power of God. It hasn't changed. It's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe with all my heart that God has primed society 
to turn its heart and its attention back to him and, and, and let fear run amok the way it has. It doesn't matter. It's going to backfire on the enemy because God's going to turn that fear into love. And, and folks are going to find themselves running straight into the arms of Jesus and a revelation knowledge of what he has done in their life. So I'm expecting great revival to come out of this COVID-19 situation. And I don't mean great church services. I mean, true revival where we see families changed, lives changed. I believe we'll see some jail cells emptied, some hospitals emptied. Uh, I'm going to, I believe that we're going to see some families put back together. Uh, and, and so, and God bless some incredible people with some incredible gifts before this is all over with. Amen. Let's read. We're going to read from the book of Philippians chapter three, verse seven, starting with verse seven, reading from the passion translation. It says, Yet all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. Woo, some of us need to let go of our past, don't we? And just throw all that boasting on the garbage heap. Paul continues, he says, it's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. Oh, I want to know him today, and I want to be able to embrace him and comprehend all of his greatness. Verse 9, it says, My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. Now, check out verse 10. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully. Who wants to understand and know his wonders more fully? And to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection. That's what we're talking about today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, we can experience the overflowing power of that resurrection Paul says it's working in me, continually working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. So Paul's given us the path to experience this resurrection power. He says it's to become one with him in suffering, one with him in death. Then I can become one with him in his resurrection. God doesn't want you, his intention for your life isn't just to suffer. We're going to encounter and endure some hardships in life. Oh, but that's why all things work together for good for those who love him. Why? Because it leads to resurrection power. It leads to resurrection is another word for awakening. You wake up to this new chapter that you're supposed to live. You wake up to more of who you were created to be. You wake up to a greater understanding and revelation of his power working in you, through you, and as you. You wake up to the fact that you are a God-flavored version of you in this world to make a difference for his kingdom. Let's keep reading. Verse 12 says, Paul says, hey, look, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. Man, how many of you would love to understand the purpose that he's called you to fulfill? 
and wants you to discover. It comes through understanding resurrection. Verse 13, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Woo, man, we are primed to forget about the past. Everyone talks about when we get back to normal, there's not going to be a normal. It's going to be a new normal. Our society is going to be changed forever because of this COVID-19 business. That's all right. We can forget about the past and we can look forward to the future that he has for us. Why? Because we can encounter the resurrection power of Jesus. Verse 14, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus Christ. Man, we could just pack up right now. That's church right there. Paul's done preached the sermon for us. That's powerful. That's a powerful word. But I want to I want to bring us back to this. He said, "Oh, I want to know him by becoming one with his resurrection. I want to know him in the in the fellowship of his suffering and 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 in the fellowship of his death. I want to become one with him in suffering, one with him in death so that I can understand resurrection." In other words, you you got to know how to die first in order to be resurrected. And that's where God has placed some of us. Some of you feel like you're dying because you've been cooped up in your house doing this quarantine business and you hadn't been able to go out and, and do your shopping. You hadn't been able to go see your sports or any of that business. That's okay. That's okay. Why? Because you get a chance to die out to yourself. I'm getting ahead of myself, but you get a chance to die out to yourself. So let's talk about this. There's stages to get to resurrection. There's a path. The first path is suffering. Do you realize there is grace in suffering? Say, wait a minute, you're telling me God wants me to suffer? No, I'm telling you this. God will allow some things to take place in your life. You know, God, I'm, not telling, I'm not trying to say that God causes bad things to happen to you. But I will say this, and I'm probably opening up a theological can of worms. I'll say this from my own experience. I believe that everything that has happened to me in my life has at least come across God's desk. And if he has permitted it, to still take place, then he knows that he can use it for good, that he can use it to help awaken me to who I really am in him. In other words, to help me experience my own resurrection, just like Jesus experienced. So there is, there is grace within suffering. Matter of fact, James chapter one, verse two through eight says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, woo, some of us have had our faith tested starting all the way back in 2019. For some of y'all, it's been all the way back to 2018. Boy, your faith has been tested. But, but you've been walking this faith journey. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So this grace that you have, this grace that you experience when you're going through suffering, it, it's because of this truth that when your faith is tested, it's going to push perfection into every part of your being you start becoming who he created you to be. Now, what we don't like about this is we start dying out. 
at least the identity that we thought we had. We start dying to ourself. That's how you can be one with him in suffering and one with him in death. Does it mean that you're going to have to lay your life on the line and give it up for Jesus and die for Jesus? Well, some people have physically had to do that. And that's been the path that, that God had for them. But, but for most of us, that death is going to come from dying out to who we think we are. Dying out to everything that your parents put in your head about who you are. Everything that society, teachers, bosses, friends, spouses, whoever has put in your head all the ways that you think that you have identified yourself, guess what? That's not really who you are. You are far older than that. You are not a human trying to have a spiritual encounter. You are actually a spiritual being having a temporary human encounter. You're much older than you think you are. You're much more uh, eternal than you think you are. So, so what, you're, what you get to encounter is ego death or the death of your flesh, this fleshy nature, who you think you are. Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He says, my old identity has been co-crucified or co-executed with Messiah, with Jesus, and no longer lives. So this old identity of who I thought I was, man, I, it's, been, it's been crucified. It's, it's been killed off. It, it doesn't even live. It doesn't even exist. He says, for the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Think about it, man. To live in union with Christ as one. That you become a walking version of Christ on this planet. And experience the same power that Jesus walked around with. Jesus even told his disciples, greater work than, these, than this. is You'll do greater works than, than these. You know, how many of you can say that you've experienced them in that way? Oh, it comes when you start dying out to yourself, your old identity, and start start becoming him, start identifying more as him. Let's keep reading. He says, we live in union as one. My new life is empowered by faith of the son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Think about it. Jesus is dispensing his life into your life. The more that you die out to yourself, the more you awaken in him. And you start experiencing this life-giving power via his spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. You start having this incredible encounter with the Holy Ghost. It's almost a, uh, a, a divine form of possession, if you will, you know, uh, uh, this, this incredible marital union between you and the spirit of God to allow you to be one with Jesus. It moves you into resurrection power or awakening power. Now, what happened after Jesus suffered, after he died, he was put in a tomb for three days. He was laid in a dark place. He laid in uh, wait, or in, he, he laid in state, if you will. There is a laying in state that takes place. Sometimes we, we go through a time and a season of suffering and we ask the question often, why? Why am I having to go through this, God? Why have why is my life, the way that I've known it, been destroyed? Some of you have experienced that this last year. The way that you knew life no longer exists. And, and that's hard. That's that upheaval, man. When someone kicks your ant pile, that, that's, there's a reason why ants scramble. And there's a reason why you felt like you scrambled. But there comes a time that you just give in and you yield to it. 
And that's, that's the loss of your ego. You're allowing your ego, ego to die and, and you're becoming alive in Christ. And so you're thinking, okay, you're going to do something with this now, God. But then all of a sudden you find yourself in a season of darkness of just, you have no direction. You don't, you don't have any sense of where you're at or what your purpose is, what your function is. Well, what's happening? You're lying in wait. You're lying in state. You're in your tomb. You're in a hidden place. You're hidden in God. Don't freak out over that. Do you realize when, when a lamb, when, it, when sheep are about to give birth, they don't give birth in the middle of the flock. They go out and they find a hidden place, a cave or a bush or a tree that they can hide behind. And they give birth while they're hidden. God's trying to birth something in your life, trying to create something new. That's why he's got you in a hidden place. The tomb is a lonely place. Ain't nobody in there except you. But don't worry, because like I said before, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is going to quicken your mortal body, the Bible says. And that's when, uh, well, before I get ahead of myself, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. It says, it's talking about the rest of God, because while you're laying in the tomb, guess what you're getting to do? If you're dead, you're laying in rest. You get to rest. There comes a time before God wants to birth something new in you. He allows you to rest. We don't like to rest. We got to stay busy because if we stay busy, it keeps us focused off of all the things that need to die out in our life. Yet God says, no, 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 no. Lay here and rest. For three days, Jesus rested before he was resurrected. Look what happens with the rest of God. Hebrews chapter four, verse nine says, so we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must give our all. Woo, you got to give your all, everything you got. You got to throw it away. You got to give it over to Jesus and become someone else. We give our all and be eager to experience this faith, faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. What comes next? What comes next is resurrection and awakening, waking up to who you really are. Think about the power in that. Think about, are you really, do you really know who you are? Do you know what reason and purpose you were created? Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 says, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Do you realize you are the inheritance of God? Woo, that's pretty powerful. You are God's, and he's saying, no, this, this is my inheritance. They belong to me. Before we were even born, before you were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. Think about it. Before you were even born, you had an assignment. And yet you show up on earth in a fallen state. The Bible says that you were dead in your sins. In other words, you were asleep in your sins. The Greek word for sin actually means to miss the mark or miss the point. So you were asleep and you kept missing the point of your life. And yet God, through the Holy Ghost, wants to wake you up today. To what? To remind you of why you're here in the first place. The purpose that the Bible says that we have been called according to his purpose in us. He didn't call you just because you needed to be saved. He woke you up because he has a purpose for you. 
One last verse, John chapter 17, verse 21. I want you to understand just how powerful resurrection is because you, you became one with him in unity in, in, in the unity of his suffering. You became one with him in death and now you're one with him in resurrection. That puts you in oneness with God. There is no separation between you and God. Uh, uh, second, second Corinthians, uh, the Bible says that Christ has, has removed the middle wall of partition. That thing that divided you from God, Christ took care of that. Look at the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden for us, for me, for you. This is his prayer for us. John chapter 17, verse 21. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity and the world will be convinced that you have sent me for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. So what he's praying is, Lord, I want you to make them one just like you and I are one. We think of Jesus, we think, ooh, yeah, he was the only begotten of the Father. No, God loves you just as much as he loved Jesus. And he wants to connect in oneness with you just like he did with Jesus. How awesome is that? That's what resurrection power brings to us. Resurrection life brings us unity and oneness with God. And if you understand that you are joined with God, he has joined with you at the hip that you are in oneness with him, man, how much power does that bring you in life? All fear vanishes. All limitations vanish. You now become everything that you need to be to be successful in him and for his kingdom. I want to lead you in communion right now. It's just a symbolic way for us to celebrate that oneness and that resurrection. If you're watching today, uh, I, want, I want to invite you to, uh, to, to get some elements uh, maybe you need to pause the video at some point and go back and watch it later and take communion with us. But uh, we're just going to praise God for his body and for his blood and for all the provision, eternal and, and physical, that is provided to us right here. We're going to thank him for it. Father, we thank you for your resurrection Sunday. We thank you for Easter. Lord, I thank you because you have made us worthy to take this meal today through your redemptive work. Thank you for your body that was broken, that you were uh, broken for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, that by your stripes we are healed. We thank you for that, Lord. Take of the body today. Lord, we thank you for your shed blood that cleanses us from sin, that brings healing into our life, both spiritual, physical. We thank you for all the provision that you've given to us today. Thank you for your blood. We just thank you and praise you. Give God thanks right where you're sitting today. That's why we call it Eucharist. It means Thanksgiving. You want to take this and give God thanks for what he has done. He didn't just die for his sins, but he rose again so that you can experience new life. Happy Easter, everybody. I miss you. Stay safe. Be blessed. And let's Get through this together and experience resurrection power right in your life. Be blessed today.